Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the MMA Fan Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen... I give you Stu and Blake. Hello and welcome to the MMA Fan Podcast. I'm Stu Whiffin. Joining me always, Blake Harrison. How are you today, mate? Very good, mate. How are you? I'm not bad. I'm not bad. I'm very excited. We've had um, a huge um, bevy of uh, of bangers from the uh, world of cage warriors and today we've got another one another one that's got a strap as well who we got today we've got kaylen lochran colon you're saying colon kaylen colon we don't know Colin. what it is we're going to have to ask him we've been discussing this is it is that, is that offensive or is it colon lochran is what offensive what do we have to if ask, we ask him, ask him what his name is no, i guess I what's your so. name mate <laughs> So. We're two idiot like Londoners, so we, I'm sorry. We like there's a, that's that funny thing, isn't it? About like um, are some Irish names are spelt weird, and we've not heard them before, mm. and we we don't know. I hope that's yeah. not offensive. If there's any Irish listeners, I want to learn. I want to educate myself on Irish spellings, but um, okay. you know we okay. don't know. So I'm going Kalen. All right, I'm I'm going to go Colin. I think it's a silent A. I thought Colin was C A E L A N. I worry that I might, Col- I might be wrong. I worry that Colin is too close to like like your colon. colon. Your colon. <laughs> no, that's the like, thing. And that's I, I don't think that sounds right. <laughs> I was like, we'll find out. Let's we'll, let's be we'll brave and ask him. Out. But we'll be we'll be very brave. Asking him over Zoom. We wouldn't ask him to yeah, his face just in case we he got upset. We could be brave <laughs> over, over Zoom. But the main thing about uh, Kalen Lochran is that uh, he is undefeated. 8-0, he's the bantamweight uh, champion in Cage Warriors at the moment, which means that, you know, very close to, to a UFC dream being achieved, you would imagine. Um, you know, we, we, we spoke to George Hardwick recently, who's had to defend his belt twice to just get on the contender series. But then you've got the likes of, of Ian Gary that, that got a contender, uh, that got a UFC contract straight away. Once, once he became uh, the welterweight champ in Cage Warriors. So I don't know. We're going to ask him about that, what's going on with him and his, his future and, and all that kind of stuff. And just find out about him, how he's come to be in Liverpool, at, at Team Cowbon coming from Ireland. And, uh, and yeah, all the usual stuff that we like to ask the fighters, all these little tidbits of information that, that we, uh, we like to know. 
Absolutely. And if it's your first time listening, welcome. Um, you're very late to the MMA Fan Podcast Party. I think we're well over 160 episodes now, but you're very welcome. So, so do come in. But just to give you a little heads up, um, if you've come over here because you're, you're a fan of Colin, Calum, and, uh, <laughs> and, and, and Cage Warriors, um, let us just tell you, you've missed episodes with so many Cage Warriors champions and former Cage Warriors champions that have gone on to, to even more greatness. You know, we've spoken to Tom Aspinall. Um, was Tom Aspinall Cage Warriors? He wasn't, was he? Or was he? I think he was. I'm not uh, sure. Well, it's a great start. Um, that was, but I anyway, started with the wrong one, yeah? Dan Paddy, Hardy. Dan Hardy, Paddy Pimblett, Molly McCann, Nathaniel, Nathaniel. Wood. Um, gosh, there's been, there's been loads, isn't there? Have you frozen? Yeah. No, you're not frozen. Paul Hughes. No, <laughs> Paul that's my Hughes, brain ticking over. Jordan Vucenic, Matt Bonner, um, Sam Creasy. Uh, yes. Yeah. Oh, we, we, uh, oh God. Who, who, Luke Shanks. We've been There's through. one more. There's one. There's Jordan, there's did you say Vucenic? Did you say I Jordan? said Vucenic. Oh, I right. Said Jordan. I said Jordan. <laughs> so, yeah. so, and obviously the head honcho himself. Jack El- Shaw. Oh, Jack Shaw, yes. And El Presidente, <laughs> uh, Graham Boylan. And um, uh, announcer uh, Brad Wharton as well. So we've had all the Cage Warriors guys uh, on the show. And obviously your, your, uh, your top UFC guys as well, like Alexander Volkanovsky, Arnold Allen, um, Jamal Hill, light heavyweight champion at the moment. We've had them all on Tyron Woodley, Michael Bisping. They've all been here. So, uh, yeah. Oh, oh, and the other thing we need to mention before we get on with the show is that we have partnered up with Gamcare, who are a phenoren- phenomenal charity that help people with gambling addictions. So, if you, Stu, could you pull up the number or something while I... Yeah, absolutely. But I'll, I'll, we should also point out as well that, that that partnership is is for nothing but love. There is no money exchanging in this partnership. It's not a sponsor. It's, it's just a partnership for something that we're very passionate about. It is indeed. Um, and it's for our own personal reasons. We, we didn't want to team up with sponsors that were actually going to give us money. Uh, 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 gambling sites... Uh, we didn't want to do that. We have our own reasons for that. So instead, we reached out to uh, Gamcare and we just wanted to partner with them and try and help anyone that is suffering with gambling addiction. So if it's affecting the, your relationships with your loved ones, if uh, you are getting yourself into debt and looking at payday loans and all these kinds of things, Gamcare have got a 24-7 helpline and a text kind of chat service where they can they can help you they can advise you and you can talk to someone there and not only that but they can get you free counseling session that's free with an f not free with a th even though i say it the same every time anyway i'm talking about (laughs) free you don't pay any money counseling sessions for you or if you're a friend or family member of someone that's suffering with a gambling addiction they can get you counseling sessions as well because dealing with a loved one that has is going through this can be really really tough so if you are someone that feels like you're on those betting apps or you're you're gambling too much or, or whatever it is just give these guys a little call or, or, or a text uh, or, or go to their website. Stu, you got that information? Absolutely. The website is Gamcare. That's G-A-M-C-A-R-E, gamcare.org.uk. Head over there. As soon as you jump on that website, there's a live chat. So if you don't, if you don't feel brave enough or comfortable enough making a phone call, jump on the live chat uh, and they'll guide you through and, and, and give you as much advice as, 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 as you need. Um, other than that, if you do just want to pick up the phone, it's 0808 802 0133. That's 0808-802-0133. That's gamcare.org.uk. Right. 
Now let's get on with the show. Ladies and gentlemen, here is the Don. Kalen or maybe... Coolen. <laughs> Kalen or maybe Colin. Uh, Lochran, the bantamweight champion of the world in Cage Warriors. Here you go. Hello and welcome to the MMA Fan Podcast. Today we have with us the undefeated... Cage Warriors bantamweight champion of the world, Colin Lochran. Colin, the first uh, big question for us is, as idiot Englishmen, exactly how do we pronounce it? Is it Colin or Kalen? Like, what is what is it? That's not bad, Kalen. I uh, if you think of the word, you know, Kale, the food, K A L E, I N, Kalen. Kalen, yeah, Kalen. Bollocks. Yeah, see, you was right, Blake. You was although right, Although I think Blake. I just said Kalen, but I think Stu got to me. We were chatting before and I was like, I think it's Kalen, Kalen. And he was like, no, I'm pretty sure it's Kalen. I was like, no. Oh. So we had a bit of a back and forth about that, but I win. Even, although Stu got in my head. He was in my head, rent through. No, see, I, uh, I live in Liverpool. I live in Liverpool. So like, see, going to Starbucks and trying to explain your name. Oh, mate. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. <laughs> I think I've seen... And then they spell it and they're like, I think I've seen like an Instagram meme or, or, or like some kind of like comedy sketch where these uh, three Irish people go into Starbucks or wherever Costa Coffee, wherever it is, yeah, yeah, and yeah. they just have so many different Irish names that people like no idea how to spell it, no idea how to do, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, I, just, I just say Don now. Yeah, that's it. You should just say the Don. Yeah, that's it. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah. I remember oh, no. I worked in a call centre for a little bit and it was quite embarrassing because uh, the whole thing was you had to cold call uh, businesses to make sure that people and managers were all in the same positions they were in a little while ago or something. Really boring. And I phoned up someone and it was in the middle of a, you know, it was like 10 people around me. And I was on Michael going, hey, see a band there. See a band? It's see a band? And they had no idea who I was talking about. And then collectively about eight Skip people. Went, yeah, eight people Are just you went. You're joking me, Blake. See a I was like, see a band. <laughs> Uh, I, I was about 22 years old and I not just like, you know, I didn't know. And I was a seer band. They were like, who the fuck is seer band? I don't blame you for that one. That was good. Oh, love it. Well, look, um, Callum, we always start this podcast um, when, when guests come on for the first time by kind of going back. And, and we want to ask you to yeah. just give us a little bit of a, background as to as to where you grew up and and how you you, you fell into combat sports and, and was that something that come as a as, as a necessity you know did you have to be able to look after yourself where you grew up and and if so was you sort of comfortable with conflict at a young age I've loaded that question quite heavily there but just give us a bit of background really mate. Uh, I come up from a very rural part of Ireland uh, back more in County Tyrone so I was about an hour and a half, an hour outside of Belfast, up the mountain, like literally middle of nowhere, <laughs> middle of nowhere. But uh, there's no MMA there, really. Uh, basically, absolutely none. But boxing would be quite happy. And uh, there's a sport called Gaelic football. I don't know if you any watch it. That's a sport where basically everyone would play from that region. You would play soccer, Gaelic, maybe a bit of boxing, but predominantly Gaelic football. So I was just like every other kid, just kicking a ball about playing that. And uh, in the off-seasons, I done boxing to stay fit for football styles when I like started in the martial arts was uh boxing was the first form of combat sports. But I only really done on the side of Gaelic football until I started getting some pretty heavy knee injuries. I tore my ASL as a teenager in my mid teens. And 
that was obviously shit for any, anyone but ACL's a shit injury. Came back, tore again. And I was like, oh my God, fuck this. So in the a few months into my rehab, rehab program, I went down to a local MMA gym, very small, only on two nights a week. And I was about 16 this stage. And I obviously had the background in boxing, but I think within about 20 minutes of one MMA session, I was pretty sure this was going to do for the rest of my life. And I never went back to football, never just took up MMA basically full time. I mean, <laughs> and in terms of like mentally and stuff, were you someone that like, when you were a kid, if there was something kicking off, if you had someone that was potentially trying to bully you, anything like that, were you quite comfortable in like confrontational situations or did you have to learn that? No, I I, I had no problem there. <laughs> I, I was, I was, uh, I was uh, small, I was the smallest kid in my school, like secondary school until I think fourth year, someone lined up with me I was like literally four foot two it was just so small so uh people would always think they could pick on you but I was, I was never bullied or anything like that there don't I always hear people these sob stories and these fighters I was not bullied by any sense of organization people would try to pick on you of course it was the smallest kid in the school but no nah, no problem with the scrap lad never have never will either mm-hmm. <laughs> you, you you said that within like sort of 20 minutes of being in that MMA gym yeah uh, you know, you realise that this is something that you 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 was you know you wanted to do, and I presume felt like you know this this could be my destiny. Yeah. yeah. Um. How easy, if at all, did it did it come to you? Because you get a lot of people that are naturally gifted at sports, and yeah. like and and that they're instant. You know, you see it in gyms. Some people come in and like and they struggle to throw a kick, whereas you'll see someone come in and throw a perfect kick within three lessons. Like, yeah. You know, well, how, how easy did it come to you? Honestly, it, it did come quite the grappling. Even uh, very quickly, I was tapping guys with years years of experience. I was quite a athletic kid. I uh, even even to be honest, like my when Colin shows me the technique now, I usually get them pretty quick. I just get like enthralled by it. I just love the thought of like getting a new and then some becomes a game. Then trying to hit the new technique on someone, like a new jiu-jitsu move, a new wrestling takedown, whatever it is. So very quickly. Uh, yeah, I got on to it, but I think it was more because I just thought about it more than people. I was a wee bit more obsessed with it than everyone else. Like I would leave the gym and the technique stuff would be going through my head all night. Like I'd never, ever switch off. And this has been that's over that's 10 years, like still, I'll never switch off. So I think it's, uh, they did definitely come quick. I was tapping people with years of experience over me pretty early on, but uh, I think it's more obsession than anything is what, the way I, Get these things, get these techniques. You get me? Is that? Do you, go on, Stuart. Had you had? No, no. Sorry, Blake. Uh, had you had amateur boxing matches uh, uh, before no, you? No, you... no, just a good few years of training, but no, no actual fights. No, no. Right. Okay. No, sorry, Blake. What were you no, saying? How important do you think it is to be obsessive? about the sport because uh, we you you mentioned being kind of obsessive about it and we've heard from some of the greats that you know they're obsessed with it to the point you know they don't switch off they go uh, home they watch fights and all this kind of stuff do you think it's that's important like do you do you do, do you switch off much outside of mma do you, do you do other things or do you just like this is it even when you're at home relaxing you're watching fights so you're thinking about techniques and stuff Honest, I can only speak to me personally, but I do think it's important. Um, honestly, I don't switch off. I sw- the, my re- relaxation from MMA is watching MMA. Like if, if like I never miss a fight, I watch every fight. 
all my competitors, any any fighter I'm intrigued by, I'll watch his training vlogs, I'll watch interviews. I'll literally, I've got a woman like she'll try to put on a TV show, and after about 20 minutes, I always want to switch it back to MMA. I get so bored with anything that isn't MMA. So I can only speak personally, but I think that obsession is key for whatever you do, whatever your craft is. But I MMA is, I love MMA so much, I get sick of MMA, and then I, I go back to watching MMA, so I don't even know what to do. Boy. Obsessed with love. Well, I mean, we'll have to get you on for our. Uh, we sometimes do like preview shows for big cards and stuff like that. Oh, really? we'll, we'll, we'll get we'll get you on for one at a time, and uh, we'll get your expert opinion. Because otherwise, people are just listening to me and Stu chat absolute shit. Because none of us know what we're talking about. We're just guessing all the time, really. So it'd be nice to have someone on that knows what they're talking about at some point. But um, what, why the Don? Why are you nicknamed the Don? Uh, I was watching Narcos one time, my mate, and they were calling him Don Pablo, and I was Don, I was Don, I was, and I just stuck. I had no choice. I had no choice then. But it actually works all right, doesn't it? it it's a, it's, it's a great day. So it's literally you were just watching yeah. Narcos, and you were Don Pablo, Narcos, and, and what did someone then call you? The boy I was with, yeah. I, he goes to Don, I goes to Don, I was fighting, he goes, you call him Don? I was like, no, and then it just starts sticking, and I was like, it actually sounds all right, yeah. and then just went with it, and then that. It's great. Here. I love Narcos. I can't escape well. it now. Narcos is a great so, show. Yeah. Well, that's the well, truth. Karen, tell us, tell us a little bit about your first scrap, like when 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 you first had a, a, a an MMA bat, and uh, and and tell, t- talk us through just the, you know the the anticipation and and the mindset that you went in there with, and was there nerves? How do you cope with the nerves? T- talk us a little bit sort of through that that first ever fight. Uh, honestly, I wasn't nervous. I. I'd say I had been doing boxing for a lot of training and then I had been doing MMA for a good few years. So I was quite experienced by the time I got into an MMA cage, you know what I mean? Um, I wasn't nervous, lad. Uh, like I, I still, to this day, have, I don't really get nervous. I genuinely enjoy it. And the, bit, like, the more the more hype behind a fight, the more you talk and the more like uh, eyes that are on you, just enjoy it more. It... it uh, it never really fazed me. It, I don't. I genuinely people. People think I'm lying. I genuinely don't get nervous. I, I literally love it. I don't actually think to myself like well, I don't know what to do without it now. Like I just I love like in limbo at the minute without fights. I'm almost like not lost, but like I just I want to know when I'm fighting again soon. You know what I mean? But uh, no, lad, I, I love it. I I absolutely love it. I love competition. I love MMA competition more than anything. It's there's a buzz you just can't replace. <laughs> so, I mean, I think I know what the answer to this is going to be because of how you answered that question. But is there any additional pressure to being undefeated? Because I remember, I think when Jack Shaw lost to Ricky Simone a little while back, he was like, well, I kind of, there was a bit of a, a weight off my shoulders a little bit. Do you have any of that going mm-hmm. on? No, no, do you know the truth? I lost two times in the amateurs and I've never bought into this, me being undefeated because I know what it feels like to lose in MMA. I get that I'm undefeated in professional MMA, but I'd never really, even before one of my face cage wars trying to do, like one of the promos trying to talk with your undefeated fighter and I saying, I'm actually, I'm not undefeated in MMA. Like I know what it feels like to lose. I know the importance of defeat in this game. I know that nobody gets out of this game. I know Khabib, maybe yeah. John Jones was very, very rare. I'd actually heard one time Dominic Cruz kind of criticizing Khabib. He says, anyone that leaves this game undefeated didn't truly test themselves. Mm. They didn't, didn't go. Didn't go up in weight classes. Didn't try new limits. So I don't. Uh, I don't buy into being undefeated. I'm a very confident fighter, but I don't expect to retire undefeated as a pro. Now, now that doesn't mean I'm going to look 
any band in the world say he's the guy to beat me because I don't, I don't, I would never say that. But somebody, somebody eventually is probably going to get you. So no, it's absolutely no pressure being undefeated. It's part and parcel with not just our sport, every sport. Everybody's going to have a bad day, but no, I don't, I don't, I don't get nervous because I, I don't fear losing. To be honest, it doesn't, doesn't really, I don't, I don't fear. And so, how did you go from you're up in the the mountains of of Ireland playing Gaelic <laughs> football? How do you go from there to to Liverpool and and, and Team Calbon? Uh, well, I I say the gym I was in was only only two nights yeah. a week, but I was training two times a day. By the time I was eighteen, I had a license and I was driving to Belfast, Tyrone, Dublin, everywhere I could get. I literally the last week of one of the last weeks stuck in my mind. I clocked up like 880 miles. Oh, wow. I train twice a day, or train twice a day. In a week, I'd clocked up like 800 something miles, and this it was just racking me. There was no time to recover. When you were recovering, you were driving, and then that time, you're not, you're not actually recovering. Like, you just get between sessions. The early mornings here was really, really getting me. So I was like, I need a place to fucking where it's all under one roof. Around about that time, Ali McLean, the guy from Belfast, about the team cowboy, mashed me. I'd actually just lost an amateur. And he messaged me saying he'd love, love to have me over for some training. I was scheduled to fight in Belfast. I was like, can I have this fight and stuff? But then that, that week I'd done 800-something miles. I was like, fuck this. I need somewhere where I can just get this back. So I messaged him back. I had a fight. This was in like, uh, I thought it was the 21st of December and uh, 2018. And I had a fight for February, the start of February. And I tell him I'll be in the Monday after. I was a bit bruised, so I went to Tuesday after, but after that fight in the February, I went straight to Cowboy and uh, never looked back. The, st- the gym speaks for itself. Uh, we've got more UFC fighters than anybody. Ten fighters with fought for competed for a UFC title. Uh, Collins records, it's it's proven. So now sometimes you just find a fighter coach gym relationship that just clicks, and I find one that just clicks for me. You know what I mean? So that's how I end up there. They Ali matched me first. I went and tried it, and very quickly, after a few wrestling rounds with Mike Grundy and these guys, I very quickly realised that I am not of the level that I think I am. And either I go back to where I was, go back to being the big man in your hometown where everybody knows you and you maybe it's going well for you, or you can go out of your comfort zone, go sleep in the gym here, get absolutely fucked up by all these UFC guys. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. But chase your dream, so I chose the latter, do you know what I mean? Amazing. I mean... You, you're in sort of Liverpool now, which is, is, as you just said, that gym alone, it's, it's stacked with, with, with killers. And, and Liverpool, you know, over at Next Gen as well, has got some absolute, you know, There's killers as well. Liverpool is where it's happening. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but let's talk a little bit about Irish MMA and, uh, yeah. and, and, and talk about, in, in the wake of, you know, Conor Mania, you know, yeah. uh, a fair few years ago now. Tell me about the impact that, that you felt that that had on, on, on young lads in Ireland that were, were interested in MMA. Yeah, well, it was always going to take about 10 years for it to click. Like, McGregor in the UFC, and then he got a couple of guys in behind him. That, like, they, they were getting MMA quite late. We were lucky to be in this game from teenagers. McGregor was signed just over 10 years ago now, and I like, of course, worldwide. He was a superstar. But can you imagine what he was like in schools in Ireland? He was the fucking... Everybody was... All everybody was talking about was these fights. So, naturally, then, a lot of teenagers and young lads went into MMA gyms. Myself included. Paul Hughes included. Reese McKee included. And now, 10 years on, we're all starting to break through. It was always going to... Ian Gary, obviously, included. It was obviously going to take a while for them young lads to come through. And now they have... It's, uh, of course, testament to what Conor McGregor done. Uh, this goes out saying, if you have, like, any sport, like, I'm sure at the time, Brian O'Driscoll inspired a lot of young rugby players from up through in Ireland. It's only natural. But uh, it's taken its time. But now I think it uh, really is about to go off. But not just one guy. I think it's going to be a good few people competing at a high level in the UFC very soon, you know what I mean? Absolutely. I mean, as you said, you've got three current Cage Warriors champions, including yourself, Reese McKee, uh, yeah. Paul Hughes. Crazy. And, uh, and then you've got people in Bellator like Liam McCourt, Sinead Kavanagh as well, and, and Ian Gary smashing it yeah. in, uh, in in the UFC yeah. at the moment. He's on. He's really doing well very, very quickly, it seems, Ian Gary. Uh, yeah, it's, it's an amazing yeah. thing. It feels like Irish MMA is almost... Obviously, it's not got the star power that Connor had just as one man. But in terms of like yeah. multiple fighters all coming through at the same time, yeah. it feels like a great moment for Irish MMA. Yeah, until I get there, then we'll have a real star. <laughs> <laughs> well, let, let's let, let's talk about that because um, yeah, yeah. I, I mean we, we're unsure as to what what's. What, where the land lies with Paul Hughes at the moment in regards to is he going to the UFC at the moment? Is he going to be fighting in Cage Warriors again? Um, and, you know, I guess that's for Paul to, 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 to answer. But um, obviously, we've seen um, a, a, a few fighters like, like George Hardwick. Yeah, and we spoke to George in the week, who is, you know, one of the funniest people I think I've ever met and, yeah. and, and just an absolute killer. Great fighter. Um, 
but if you look at his record and defences, and then we, we asked him, like, you know, we felt that you should have just got a contract like Ian Gary, who didn't even yeah. defend his belt. He just got the contract and he was into the UFC, whereas George is now on the contender season uh, as well as uh, Oban. Um, yeah. In, in an ideal world, would you want to, you know, defend a few times and then would you want the contract, I guess that's the goal ultimately, but what, what would, you know, what would you feel if you got offered the contender series? Would you, would you take that? Uh, I don't know. I, I would, uh... You've got a little grin on your face there and it makes me think something's already happened. <laughs> What's going on? No, no, I tell you this. Um, I don't believe I you. Don't I don't believe it. a word you're saying. <laughs> What's happened? <laughs> Have you been given a contender no, series the... thing or a contract? I see what the, George Harder being in the contender series, like, I think it's absolutely mad. Like three years ago, he would not have needed to do that. Like it's getting insane. Like him and Open Alley, the guy like Oban, good guy. Torres, Torres, like he's alright. Like but George Harder is essentially in the same position as him yeah. when he's been absolutely killing it yeah. in cage wars. Like he, in my opinion, should be in the UFC, no question, yeah. absolutely mm-hmm. no question. So it's kind of make me think now. If I go defend the belt, do you, do you go back? Do you still in like contender series up where it's going to be? You know, if I defend it three times, am I just going to be contenders? I know I get a lot, I'm getting a bit of hype and stuff, but I don't know. What I do the contender series, well, I don't know. Maybe see what happens, but I want to get straight into the UFC. Uh, that's the reason I came to Cage Wars in the first place. I had an offer from PFL started this year for a lot of money, and I don't have fucking any money. God damn it! I could offer a lot of money to PFL. Turned it down. I had an offer from promotion uh, Combate Global for like a 100k tournament. Turned it down. The PFL offers more money. Than I got more money on the table for the PFL and turned them down for really not a lot of money for Cage Wars because this is the way it's been for 10 years plus. I look back to Nathaniel Wood coming up. I used to look up that guy. But I remember him in Cage Wars. I love watching it. I used to love watching Jack Shore come up. Watch all these guys. I used to love, love, love everything about Cage Wars. Always thought to myself, I want to be a Cage Wars champion. Because Cage Wars champions again in the UFC. So, ideally, see what happens. Hopefully, please God, I get in. If not, there's a couple of Dublin. There's a Dublin show there. It's very far away and stuff. There's plenty of Cage Wars titles or plenty of Cage Wars guys there to fight. But uh, no, I want to fight in the UFC. Right now, to be honest, right now. There's two questions I want to ask so you, you, Colin, off the back of that. Is that uh, Caelan, sorry, uh, off the back of that is, one, why is the UFC, why does it mean so much more? Because as you say, you've been offered good money from the PFL. I mean, you reckon Andre K or something like yeah. that from Compate Global. Like, what, yeah. why is it? Because the UFC, let's be honest, if you go Dana White Contender Series route, you're probably on 10 and Buttons. You're on 10 and 10, yeah. something like that, maybe. Yeah, 10 and yeah. 10. And if yeah. someone's offering you six yeah. figures or a high five-figure sum to go to the PFL, Combate, wherever it is, why is it yeah, that the yeah. UFC has that much sway over young fighters? It's just been my dream. It's just literally the only thing that's through my head every day. Every day for the last 10, 12 years, I've wanted to be a UFC fighter. I, I get into MMA before I knew what Bellator was, before I knew the PFL was. It was always the UFC. It was the UFC champion the top of the UFC the pinnacle the first time I watched MMA was when Brock Lesnar was coming I was a big I was only a kid I was a big fucking WWE fan and Brock Lesnar was coming in and I was telling my dad this guy is the man he is going to kill everybody because he's fucking yeah. WWE champ which in my head at the time was the main thing he's in the UFC is like this that was just always the, 
that was always the goal of the UFC. So money is of course important. You need to make money. But uh that now if I could if I fight in the UFC, I'll die a happy man, regardless of what's in the bank, you know. Well on that note <laughs> I, I hear what you say about money in the UFC. What's sorry? Uh, I, I hear what you say about that, you know, that there might not be the, the money initially and, and, and until you scale up. But do you think the UFC is the place to create legacy? One million percent. No question whatsoever. No question. That's what the greats are. People talking about Pitbull over in uh, Bellator and stuff now because he, he's, go, he's going for a third belt and stuff. But for me, it's not like it's it's you have to go into the UFC and beat guys at that level to be to go down them conversations. Uh no, it's absolutely the UFC. But sure, here if you if you sell tickets, you're gonna be make a lot of money in the UFC too. You know what I mean? Like yeah, that's true. I mean, on the subject of money, do you are you someone that has a job to supplement your fighting at the moment? I mean, it's so mad that we hear about fighters now that are doing well in either Cage Warriors or, or other regional promotions. And they are still, you know, they're having to work. Uh, I think I heard Oban Elliott recently <laughs> saying he was working on the railroads. You know, yeah, it, it, it's great. So, so do, do you have a job that supplements your fighting, or are you able to be a full time fighter? Do you coach? Like, how, how do you pay the bills effectively? Well, I am now. I've good sponsor. I'm a full time fighter. I take the occasional shift in an Irish bar down the road yeah. from here in Liverpool, but I am essentially a full time fighter. Right? They all start the day to work, but that's it for me. That's good. I, I, Thank God. Have, sponsor. have you done anything leading up to this moment where you've had like a bit of a, a crazy job or a job you hated or anything like that just to try and fund you doing the fighting? Before, before when I lived in Ireland, I was shooting full-time. Yeah, I started working full-time. Then I came here, I was, again, just picking up. I was doing a lot of... When I, when I first lived here, moved here, I slept in the gym. <laughs> For 10 months, I slept in the gym and a wee box at the back. You were going to say it was insane. Me, me and this Brazilian boy, slumming it for 10 months. No TV, no window. This literally this wee room, this wee box is insane. But uh, then I was PTing as much as I could and I was doing more shifts at the weekend in, in, in like clubs and stuff to, to train. Because the morning sessions in Cowboys where it's at, you have to be there. If, you know what I mean? If I wasn't going to be there, I wouldn't be in Liverpool and away from friends and family. So now you just have to really... Uh, People come into this like young lads in this sport. Like you have to really, really make sure you want to do it. Like because it's not Conor McGregor rocking up in yachts. Trust me, it's not that. It's a long time before you get. I've been doing this for nearly eleven years now. Every day, morning, like two, three sessions a day, and I have nowhere near even remotely close to broke even. Like I even it literally costs every penny I've ever had. So if you want to do it, make sure that you fucking are obsessive because it's it's it's. It takes a long time for it to be. Uh, I'm not even gonna say good because like life, I like I the train twice a day. The this dream is living the dream for me already. Like, but it's uh, financially, it's definitely tough. Aside from um, you, you know the, the the obvious fighters, obviously being Irish and 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 Conor McGregor, um, what fighters were, were were inspirational to you? Who were the fighters that were yeah. You know, you, you actually mentioned Nathaniel Wood earlier as well, but who were the other fighters that you was watching on the TV that, you you know, you were aspiring to be like? My first ever, Floyd, was, when I was a kid, Floyd was my favourite, was my favourite, just because he was so flashy and I just love guys who talk a little shit and stuff. I love Chill Sonnen too. My favourite fighter of all time actually doesn't talk, actually is Triple G, the boxer, he actually doesn't talk any shit. I just love his mentality, his punching technique, love his style, but 
lad, it's just so many. Like, I, I, it, I'll wake up someday and I want to be a grappler. I'll wake up next day and I want to be a striker. And then I'll just study, I don't know, Wishland, Makachev, Khabib. And then the next day I'll study Wonder. But yeah, I just love the game, lad. And then if a fighters can talk shit and, like, back it up and bring attention to themselves, then I, I get immediately. I'm just, I'm a fan as much as I'm a fighter, you know what I mean? So it's honestly too much to mention. But my favorite fighter of all time is Triple G. Just that the guy's mentality. It's just a, just a killer. It's a killer. Absolutely. Let, let's yeah. talk about that, that win where you won the Cage Warriors belt in Rome. How? Uh, and you, yeah. you were. F- Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Fighting a, a, an Italian guy, you're fighting Dylan Hazan. What... Uh, he yeah. was also undefeated. How much yeah. did you gain from that experience to go into enemy territory against a fellow undefeated guy? I know you don't always see undefeated like that, but for the, the purposes yeah. of this, he's undefeated. You're going to enemy yeah. territory and you win the belt in front of that crowd that were all pro him other than obviously the uh, quite a large Irish yeah. contingent that you brought with you, I think. <laughs> uh, but yeah. how was that and how much have you taken from that moment? That's it's priceless these experiences like they're they're just you just you gain so much you gain so much you gain so much in the preparation for them you gain so much backstage to walk out in there when there's literally <laughs> you can't i couldn't even see the cage because literally about 500 times lined up to meet me as i walked along the ramp to boo me and give me the finger the whole way up <laughs> as I'm, <walking laughs> the cage. I'm just literally watching back i'm literally smiling and laughing at them like i'm thought this was class. I thought this was class. Uh, I was in there and I literally was in the cage and I was like waiting for Dylan to come in. I was looking at, I sold like 80 tickets in Rome, which is pretty good because there's half across Europe. See, they're there literally in front of me. It's about 1,500, 2,000 Italians behind me. I was just, oh, I was just here, this buzz. I was looking around saying, what the fuck is going on? This is nuts. Get in the cage and like, uh, again, I'm very relaxed all day. I've had a lot of fights now. I was quite relaxed. Some reason, even though I was relaxed, I found myself three minutes into the fight in the middle of a scrap and just thought to myself, "What am I? What are you doing, Kim? Why you're not even thinking here? You're not even just fucking. You're not even picking shots. You're just fucking having a having a straightener, basically." So it just took me three and a half minutes just to count. Right, Jesus Christ, calm down. Then I got on to start looking at him. Started. He's picking out his jab quickly. Taking his jab back to his chest. Picking the jab out. Hitting me with the jab clean, but taking it back to his chest. And then it was. Like, even just to have that, to stop, to think, to be relaxed, the way you would see, like, a Canelo, and just to think in that high-pressure moment, to see the shots of them. Whenever he took out a job one time, it was the top and clocked him. Like, that experience, of like, to see that shot 
in that moment. Like, that's, you can't replicate that in the gym. That just comes from fighting and that type of atmosphere around you. It's a... Uh, it's literally priceless, and I I fucking love it. I I fucking love it. It was it was a great <laughs> fight as well. It was a phenomenal fight. Have you have you uh, been able to watch it back at all? Have you watched it back? So I was I actually literally watched it all day once, but uh, so I like watch it for like a week to ten days, literally maybe a hundred times. Find out what what I've done wrong. Start to work on them things in the gym. This is now two months ago. Started working on things in the gym. And then whenever I started improving, things went wrong in the gym. I can't walk. I almost like get like OCD. Like, like start twitching almost from doing what I've done wrong. So I can't watch it now. No, deaf now. But I mean, uh, in the first like, week, I watched it a little time. Did I, you notice? I think that's brilliant. I've not heard that before about fighters. Almost like again, the only parallels I have to compare what you just said to is, is like acting when you like you do something yeah. and you're on screen, and then all of a sudden you have to watch it, and you're yeah. like. Oh, that was a terrible choice. Why is my face doing that? Yeah, yeah, oh, that's yeah. horrible. Oh, I can't watch yeah. it. But um, yeah. and I've never heard that from a fighter before, and I'm really I'm interested in that. But the the thing, the reason I asked this question was because did you hear the screaming at the end of the fight? What's right at the yeah. end of your of the... fight with Dylan Hazan, and you won? Did you hear the screaming? Yeah. Well, like the crowd. Well, specifically a female scream. I don't know no. that, no. So I can't, I can't here's think. the thing. I was watching it earlier today before obviously interviewing you. And after your win, all you can hear right. is this incredibly high pitch, clearly female scream of, yes, yes. And then the camera cuts Thank to two people. I think it was your mum and maybe either a sister or partner. I'm, I'm not sure. I don't know. <laughs> but I was like, is that because my wife was in the other room. And she was like, what are you watching thinking I was watching a horror film? But because she just, oh the God. screaming was I so horrific was, and high pitched. I must rewatch that. I would say it was my mom and my sister. Definitely. Please, please rewatch it and confirm to me. Send me a message if it's your mum. Because if you just listen to it at the end, you can hear over the top of any other sound is this high pitched woman scream like she's being murdered. But I think you can also hear that she's shouting yes. So there you go. Very good. Oh, I've been there myself. When you watch someone, you know, fighting and they win, you just lose their shit. My brother just fought the weekend. It's hard to control yourself. Oh, your brother's yeah. a fighter as well. <laughs> yeah, he... yeah, he's won a title over there. Oh, amazing. Is he, he younger than oh, you? Oh, fantastic. Yeah, yeah, he just turned 22 the other day. He's fighting for another title now. He's going very well, actually going well. Trains with Paul Hughes, same gym. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Do you ever kind of like train together or spy each other or is he over in Ireland so you don't really get the chance to do that? He's an artist. He used to. He was over here in Liverpool over COVID and stuff. But he's way back to Ireland. Yeah, no, training here all the time, all the time. What one of the, the the fun things we like to ask fighters is uh, obviously sort of post weight cut, post fight. You know, you get the win, you go on with the belt. Yeah. How do you the, the celebrations? I mean, tell us how you celebrated the night you won the belt. But more importantly, what is your go to thing that you eat as soon as you can? Well, the go-to thing I'd go to would be Guinness before I get a fucking feed. <laughs> yeah, lovely. I did see the mug. I did see the mug. <laughs> that would be my go-to thing. Uh, how to celebrate? Oh, Jesus, lad. Tuck it in. You know, I see, I laugh. You know, people talk with Jack Grealish doing a four-day bender like he's nuts. I went a 14-day bender. <laughs> but uh, it was, uh, no, it was a special time because like, I was there. I was all my friends came over and, we were in Rome for like like the Tuesday after, like so we had a couple of days and my family and stuff it was really just the best experience of my life. But uh, now we're talking in lab, but I say 
trying to trying to hopefully get moving on now. <laughs> so one of the uh, the the most uh, difficult things it seems about being uh, an athlete, a mixed martial artist, is the weight cuts. How do you have anything oh. that you do kind of mentally to get? Because that's got to be the worst. But you seem like someone that would be excited about the fight, but. Yeah. The weight cut, how difficult is that? Yeah. And, and mentally, what do you have as your kind of coping mechanisms to deal with the, the difficulties of the weight cut? Yeah. It's, 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 you just have to be, keep it positive. You just have to be positive, positive outlook on saying this is what we're doing today. Fuck it, I've got six kilos to lose today. I cut an exponential amount of weight. I'm very happy for a bond to make Really, I'm 77 kilos, like, with no fight. That's a long way from 61, like, and I'm not fat, I'm lean, I'm strong at the weight, but uh, it's just about remaining positive, saying this is, well, listen to Alexander Vukanovsky, he's one of my favourite fighters right now, his mentality towards the knees. He says he walks around uh, Vegas and sees these fighters feeling sorry for themselves, moping on fight week. It's like, this is part of living the dreams, pretty much, like, if you want to have the good nights and Saturday night, you have to do this, so, it's just literally a part of the job. Suck it up, get it done, and then fucking weigh in. Simple as that. Keep, don't let it. Don't be a soft cunt, basically. <laughs> um, um, and once that weighing's done, and and right. you get the face off, I'm always interested uh, to ask fighters about that face off. Do you do you get anything from that? You know, when you get fighters say, "I'm looking straight into their soul," you know, uh, like, do, do you subscribe to that? What do you take from a stare down? <laughs> It it very much depends on the individual for me. Like uh, the last time Dylan, he just hated me so much. He like I I walked in like I I, I literally walked into the weigh-ins and he started going to get serious and says like what the fuck and he st-? I was like, and, he, and he and he couldn't handle it at all. He was so hyped up. He was so hyped up. And then I seen him like backstage like because it's obviously we were like literally a curtain between me and the cage, and I seen him he run the toilet maybe fucking 25 times in the space of two hours literally run the toilet run past me then I had to drink him hand wraps he comes sprinting up the the hall past me and I was like this guy just cannot handle this at all this is just too much for him I knew that after six seven minutes he was going to come out strong I knew that I could tell it's like all I have to do is weather the storm and he is going to hit a massive adrenaline dump but uh, every individual is different um, I just uh I sometimes I sometimes like, like in case of Dylan, like I I do obviously talk big, but like I was smiling at him and he was just flipped. He was flipped. So uh, it's very much the individual, but uh, I love riding up my guys. I love it so much. Well, yeah, it. you got under Luke <laughs> Shank's skin a little bit as well. I I, I think <laughs> he hated me too. He hated me. I don't even talk that much. Just, I think sometimes just when you smile at these guys, it's just fucking they're so emotionally wound up. I don't know. You can't bring emotion into these fights. If you do, you're 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 gone. You'll never beat the top guys ever. Well, well, you you said that you uh, you watch all the fights. You're obsessed with it. So we want to get your take on uh, Aljamain Sterling versus Sean O'Malley. What do you think about that fight? How do you see that going? Uh, I think I'd beat Sean O'Malley right now. So I have to be hundred percent honest. I think I actually think his powers overrated. That's the truth. I think his powers overrated. Uh, Ann is one of at a time when a prime beauty is one of my favorite fighters. Uh, he's a lot of skill, but he was fit to get Aljo down. And one thing he's not good at, Ann is offensive jujitsu. He's understand hip stuff. He's not very good, but he's fit to hit positions on Sean O'Malley. That if and I think when Sir Sterling hits them, 
his thing could cut through him, cut through his guard, mount him, take his back, flatten him out. I think he cut through him like a fucking chainsaw through butter. That's the truth. I think I think Aljamain Sterling's been underrated and overlooked by a lot of people because he is like everyone like me. We've all got holes in our game. He's definitely got holes in the game, but there's certain positions where I think he is elite and maybe the best in the UFC. Like if he gets your back, best case scenario, you get to the end of the round. Uh, I think Sean O'Malley is a good fighter, but has been absolutely protected to get this position that he's in. I think he's been saved from wrestlers for the most part. I think he lost to Peter Ryan, but he's here now. Of course, anyone with a four-inch glove can knock anyone out, but I'm definitely betting on Sterling to get that one done, and maybe even quick, to be honest. I think he gets him down and gets his back position. Yeah. Well, look, we don't even know if this fight's going to happen now. It's, it's been like absolutely covered in 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 uh, controversy but uh, as as an irishman uh, i've got to ask you about uh, the 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 other irishman if it happens connor chandler how's that going uh i have and no- do you think and do you think it'll happen that's, that's another one is it going to happen i have no idea i have no idea stylistically i think chandler's probably the best matchup for connor mcgregor i know he's an irishman i've been his fans all time but there's no point man like i don't see him like even against like an Armand or UK and these boys coming up in fifty five, wow. like I don't yeah. see McGregor, I don't see McGregor beating them boys. No point in me land, I don't. You can't live that lifestyle and beat them guys. Simple as that. You just can't. No amount of skill or talent's ever going to get you over the line against these boys or training like that. Uh, Chandler, I think is a good matchup. Chandler is. I I watched his fight there against like against Dustin Poirier and against uh, Charles Oliveira. He literally turns out he's in wrestling match, just gives it back. He just. He stands, I guess, with his right hand. Like he gets so wound, he just comes for an absolute hair up. Like there's no thinking in what he does. I think he's just nuts, just nuts all the guy. But I do think the way he loads up, he's definitely there to be hit. And if McGregor was fifty percent of what he was, I think he could definitely bingo Chandler. But uh, I, I probably would back on him, back him, beat Michael Chandler. But I think it's probably one of the best matches for him anywhere near the top of that fifty-five divisions. That's full of. Phenomenal talents. Absolutely. So, do you put that down to the fact that Connor will be just a bit of a sniper? And it's would, just would, would, like Michael Chandler will literally stand in front of his right hand like this, wide yeah. open. He's actually just very settled a southpaw, straight backhand, if you're being honest. So, I mean, one of the best southpaws in MMA history is there. Like, so, I say if he's even 50% of what he was, I think he, he should uh, at least catch Chandler, definitely. Dustin Poirier said the same. He's like, I've fought the both of them and like, there's no comparison really in terms of skill. So if McGregor's even close to what he is, he says he stopped Chandler early, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, Caelan, we've had a pleasure chatting to you, mate. Thanks so much for your time and for being on the show. Uh, I think we Anytime, don't but- go anywhere yet, but we are going to press stop. Caelan Lochran, thank you very much, mate. Thank Anytime, you. Oh, bother, lads. Ah, Kalen Lovren. Fantastic. Loved it. Loved it. Loved it, loved it, loved yeah, it. He speaks so well. He's got that he's got that kind of Irish charm of like I kind of feel like he's only got to keep doing what he's doing in the cage and I feel like the outside of the yeah. cage stuff will really take care of itself and I think again like with Ian Gary I think we've got someone Paul Hughes he's we, walking that path yeah. he's walking that same I, path but I really think he's got like an element of star quality about him he talks yeah. really well he's not like meat headed he's quite composed and you know straightforward but also he's got a bit of banter and a bit of that and I think I think he could be someone that is as I say 
re- really great to see in the lead up to like a UFC fight week and you've got him on the card as well at press conferences giving it to his opponent a little bit giving him that yeah. smile and the weigh-ins and all that stuff and I think he, he, he has he's got a um a knack for getting under some fighters' skins, as we saw with Fazan and, and, and Luke Shanks and probably others as well. What I thought was really interesting was when we asked him about Conor Chandler and he was, you know, said as much as he's a fellow Irishman, you know, I, I do think there's people in that division that, that you know, yeah. on the peripheries of that division that would still, um, you know, peripheries of the top 15, I guess he was he, he, he was sort of alluding to, would beat Conor um, because you can't live that lifestyle and, 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 and turn up and, uh, and fight. Um and that instantly took me back to the beginning of the chat when he said that when he moved to Liverpool, he slept on the gym floor, yeah. you know, or in a room in the gym for 10 months with no windows or TV. I mean, that's what breeds champions, isn't it? That yeah. kind of laser focus and, and, and discipline, you know, and sacrifice. That's when, you know, you're you, you seeing like diamonds being, you know, crafted there. Like, uh, I, I think we're going to see really, really exciting things for him. 100% agree. Yeah, as you say, it's those, those hardships that, that can breed a mental toughness that, you is synonymous with champions and 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 i think always will be in all walks of life really so uh yeah best of luck to him we don't know what's next will it be contender series will it be defending the cage warriors belt we don't know but i mean if you've watched any of his fights i mean one thing i didn't mention to him his last his four cage warriors fights which are his last four fights all stoppages, all in the second round. So this guy comes to finish fights, and the UFC like that as well. So, you know, I, I think when you're a champion, particularly if you're a champion that's defended the belt, which he hasn't done yet, but if, if you're a champion and you've defended that cage warrior's belt even just the once, I think the UFC should be giving you a straight contract. But again, it also highlights the power that the UFC have over these young fighters when he's turning down good money from Combate Global or from the PFL and stuff like that, and you're like... God, it's a big risk to take when you're like it's it's there on a plate for you good money yeah. to fight for these decent organisations but they're just not the UFC they don't have those three letters that mean so much to people and were the driving force grand. for people Jesus man that's a lot of money 100 grand out. and still working part time shifts in the in bar in the bar I you mean know? But, but that's that's it that is the single mindedness that, that I guess you, you need to really achieve that goal and the belief in yourself so I really hope it works out for him it's you know it, phenomenal fighter seems like a really great guy so wish him all the best absolutely absolutely right um, I think we're done mate we are done bye see ya see ya